0: What's up, everybody? This is Fred Ricciani of the Sports Courier TV. We have right here via Zoom a very special guest. He's a former NWA World's champion, a former WWE Tag Team champion, one of the most decorated veterans in the game, and he is going to be competing at Always Ready, the pay-per-view airing on Fight this Saturday for NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance under Billy Corgan. We're talking to the talented, the great Trevor Murdoch. Trevor, thank you so much for your time. How's everything going? Fred, I'm a big ball of joy buddy everything is going great <laughs> it's going great we're going to talk about all that but let's focus on the task at hand my friend you are taking on from what I understand Aaron Stevens aka the former Damian Sandow, June 11th NWA always ready on fight can you tell us about this matchup and why fans should check it out
1: well I'll be honest with you I'm I'm it's obviously Aaron uh, Aaron Stevens last match uh I'm not sure why he chose me uh most guys want to go out standing up on their feet Uh, and uh Aaron has has definitely probably picked his biggest match to date to finish off his career um I I'm gonna treat you know Aaron and I've been friends for a long time uh right now my I've got my myself focused a little bit more on me and and headed towards back towards the world title so unfortunately Aaron's just another bump in the road um, I just feel bad for him because again, uh, of your last match, you know, if most guys pick an opponent that they can have a good chance of winning against then Aaron has not got a good record against me. So, and it's not going to change it always ready. So, uh, you know, I, I wish Aaron the best of luck in his future endeavors.
0: How do you feel being one of the cornerstones of an NWA reboot?
1: Me being a Harley race guy, being a part of the NWA is, is virtually a dream come true. Um, there's been a, I remember a lot of conversations back in the day when I was training with the guys and we all kind of like, man, how cool would it be to wrestle for the NWA? You know what I mean? And, um, to actually be doing it and being what we're four years in, almost going on five years in now, um, with power, um, to be, to be, like you said, one of the the, the cornerstones of it, man, is really a dream come true. But it's also, I have a lot of pride in what we're doing. You know what I mean? I have a lot of respect for the NWA and and we're a new generation kind of yeah, bringing NWA to the masses. So that, there's a lot of weight on my shoulders, me and, and several other guys. Um, but I am I have a lot of pride in what we're doing and, and I feel like we're bringing a different type of pro wrestling to people. You know what I mean? It's, uh, There used to be, a, um, I guess, a thought process where you can only love one product. And if you didn't love that product, you weren't a fan. You know what I mean? Uh, There's so much out there to watch now. And as a wrestling fan, you know, you guys get the benefit of it because you can only not only watch WWE Impact, but NWA, New Japan. um, There's just such a variety out there. And the fact that we're kind of making our own path, I'm really excited about it.
0: So you feel like right now it's a really great time to not just be a wrestling fan, but a pro wrestler. Oh, for sure, man. There's,
1: um, we have the power back in our hands a little bit. Whereas before, you know, there, there was one major company. And if you wanted to be on TV, if you wanted an exposure, you had to appeal to them. And I, did, you know, and I did. Um, but thankfully after, after my time there, the business has kind of blossomed a little bit and you can, Literally go work anywhere you want in the country. And as long as you work your ass off and you can stand out and get over and make a lot of money. Um, so yeah, as a pro wrestler, this is, this is a great time to be working.
0: You've been doing this for well over 20 years, almost 25 years now, which is crazy. How's your body feeling these days? Oh man, I'm beat up. Sorry.
1: I don't know. I apologize. I just came out. That was, that was so natural, brother. I followed down. It's
0: all good. Swear all you want, man. It's all good.
1: All right. I don't want no heat, but um, no. I mean, I feel I feel great um, physically. Don't get me wrong, dude. You know, after after so many years, you just kind of deal with the the pain and injuries and shoulders, hips, um, low back. Uh, but I feel more excited now than I ever have before. You know what I mean? There's, um, I'm in a company that has a boss that listens, that will listen to your opinions, that has an open door. Um, I have a talent relations guy with Pat Kenny that tells me the truth, even though I don't like it at times is very honest and upfront with me. Um, I'm working for for basically the company I wish I would have always worked for, you know what I mean? And and do business the way they're doing business. Um, They have, given me an opportunity they've just opened up a door and said okay here's your shot and I'll go do something with it and thankfully every time I've been able to knock it out of the park and in turn they've they've given me more opportunities Uh, I don't think we'd be having this conversation if if Billy Corgan and then Pat Kenny and and the NWA powers to be didn't give me an opportunity and if I wasn't killing it you know what I mean I'm for a fat guy I'm going out there tearing down the house man.
0: When you have been killing it in the NWA, but there was a period where we didn't, you know, hear from you hear about Trevor Murdoch for a while. So, was there a time period where you thought, okay, this wrestling thing's behind me, or did you always kind of hope that, okay, I want, I want to have just one more run?
1: There was a period of time, there's about two years, especially towards the latter years of Harley's life, that I was spending a lot of time focused on him, trying to, you know, help out as much as I can. Um, wrestling was kind of in a uh, a lull i guess you could say there was there were some big things about to happen but things weren't happening um and and i just you know they they did a little video by aw did a little video about it but i was legitimately felt like a round peg in a square world and um we it came down you know i was kind of doing a semi-retirement tour i was doing still wrestling but i was doing smaller shows that you know people just weren't really hearing about um and it got time we went, you know, Harley passed away. And I really kind of felt like that was like the end of an era for me. Like it was full circle. I started, you know, this career really with him and with him passing away, I felt like maybe it was just time to hang it up. Uh, but Nick this, and Dave Lagana, the executive producer from NWA, before they had started power, showed up to pay their respects. And um, <clears throat> they convinced me to come down for one match. And uh, I was like, okay, I'll do one, you know what I mean? But don't expect much. And uh, I went out and I had a match with Ricky Starks and just the ring, the moment, the fans, um, even though I didn't win against Ricky, just the match itself, uh, I got to the back and a lot of people, you know, were standing back there telling me, you've got a whole lot more in the tank than what you think. You know, we've already got you booked for tomorrow. (laughs) So, And that's what it was, man. It was off and running. And I was just okay, I'll do the next, I'll do the next TV. All right. Well, I guess I'm I'm working full time now. All right. Well, now that I'm here, let's do something. You know what I mean? Let's really if you're gonna have me, don't have me here to to just you know part-time it. Let's let's go. And once I said let's go, they said, All right, we're gonna get what you're gonna get what you
0: asked for. When you finally became NWA world's champion, how surreal was that moment for you and how seriously did you take being the NWA World Champion
1: when I won the world title, it was you know I'm standing at the in the Chase, the home of of where you know the house in Harley with the NWA um, being the first main event in 37 years there, winning the NWA World Title, my wife and kids there, um, it was picturesque, man. Like I you you know a lot of wrestlers ask if you ask a wrestler you know what's your picture perfect moment like that was it. Like everything that I worked for came together. And then there's a picture afterwards that I'm downstairs in the locker room, and I've got a beer in my hand. I've got the world title across my waist, and it's black and white. And I'm just sitting there in the chair. And what that picture really is, is it's that moment of going, oh, sh-. like, now I got to do something like now I'm the man like I'm, you know, you work so hard to think, man, I hope I get to that moment. And There's times you. You're like, you don't look past it because you don't really know if that's a an attainable goal. And uh, it all hit me right then and there. And I was like, okay. Like, I uh, I take it very serious, man. There's a lot of people that paved the way for me. Um, Nick this is one of those guys. Uh, Adam Pierce is one of those guys. But if you want, obviously you go back further in the lineage. There's, you know, that NWA world title was the world title. That was what everybody aspired to. And still today, every wrestler, I don't care what company they are, they're all I'll tell you every one of them will tell you. I would love to be NWA World Champion at least one time in my career. You um, can't say that about a, a lot of the current championships that are out there. Um, so I knew right then and there, like this was my opportunity to represent not only um, a heritage but a company that was just starting to go out and you know it was my first big shot. Like, hey, this is this is my guy. This is I'm the NWA World Champion. And I took it very seriously.
0: And how cool is it to see you know Billy Corgan, Pat Kenny, all these guys giving a shot to guys like you? A lot of times when somebody you know leaves the WWE or another major company, some fans or some promotions may write them off, like okay, like it's they had their time in the sun, whatever. But no, like he sees potential in you, and, and obviously it's worked out. He sees potential in you know, Chris Adonis, Aaron Stevens, all these Elijah Burke. I mean, the list goes on and on. There's so many guys that feel so fresh in NWA despite being in the game for so long
1: that's what's kept a lot of us around was the fact that he sees value in all of us where other companies, you know, didn't or don't, you know what I mean? And he, even though, even though, you know, I'm not going to bury any other company, but you know, if a company, let's, we'll just say the one in Connecticut doesn't want you. um, That doesn't mean that you're not talented, that you can't get over, that you can't make money. That just means, you know, for some reason, probably something minute. That, that just didn't click um whereas billy's like well you know these guys still could go out there and kill it they still go out there and make magic and if i if i let them go what can they really do that's the thing like when you go to other companies well you know, one starts with a w one starts with an i one start you know you, you guys know get the picture um they want you to conform into their ideas their directions their their what they want whereas you know billy's a little bit more carefree in the fact like all right i want to go this direction you go out there and make the magic you go out there and create the story you go out there and give them something that they haven't seen in a long time or seen before And that's very freeing as a wrestler. There's no one telling you, "You can't do this, can't do that. You're going to step on this person's toes. You can't can't say this in your promo. It's just go out there and do what you do. And that's why you see all these guys flourishing, because they're really talented. And they've just never been given that spotlight or that moment to go out there and do what they know how to do. I know it sounds crazy, but (laughs) that's how it is.
0: Billy Corgan seems very hands on, like creatively, but at the same time, it sounds like what you're saying, like he lets the wrestlers do the wrestling thing. Like he doesn't try he to involve us on that.
1: No. And that's, you know what I mean? He has, his, he has his ideas, but he doesn't come up to you and go, you know, you know, be very, he's not, he's just not, he's not forceful at all. Mm-hmm. He wants to work with the talent and he wants the talent to create their own space and create their own direction and create their own, their own lane. And man, that's really freeing. Not to mention, it makes you feel very empowered. You know what I mean? It makes you feel like, all right. Like, and you want to do that stuff now, now that you've been given the go ahead and the green light, now you want to do good for him. You know what I mean? That's the other thing too. Like a lot of the guys that work for NWA, they they want Billy to be happy because he's given us so much. It's time for us to make that pay off. You know what I mean? And that's, that's to make the company grow and, and have great matches and good storylines, which in turn will make him happy.
0: Now, we always like to ask all our guests some kind of random rapid fire questions just to get to know them better. Are you ready, okay. Trevor? Sure. Let's go. Favorite late night snack or cheat meal?
1: Ooh, pretzels and peanut butter. All
0: right. Besides Harley Race, who's your all-time favorite wrestler? Dusty Rhodes. Right. Great choice. What would you say is the best match of your career?
1: There's, well, i drove throw two. I had one in St. Louis with the Hardys. That was in front of friends and family, which was pretty big for the titles. But Nick Aldis and I, when it comes to moment, build-up, match, everything, 73 Nick Aldis' chase.
0: Which uh, younger, up-and-coming NWA wrestler do you see having the most potential? You can name a few if you want.
1: Jordan Clearwater, AJ Costanza, uh, Jeremiah Plunkett, um, G's, Black G's. Um, Man, we got we got a locker room full of talented cats.
0: Any funny stories involving Lance Cade that you're allowed to uh, share?
1: I can um I can tell you about the time that we got arrested in Belfast, Ireland as World packaging champs. Go for it. <laughs> everybody enjoys that one. The the rule of thumb when at one time when you were on those tours, because you'd be, you'd wrestle 18-19 days straight, you know what I mean? And on your way home, everybody would go down to the hotels uh, the hotel bar and just get hammered so when you literally get on the plane drunk you just pass out and sleep the 14 hours home you know what i mean so it's almost like a blink of an eye you're you're back in the states and uh, a long plane ride's out of your mind we were all downstairs in the bar um there's four chairs i'm sitting across from lance cade to my left is randy orton to my right is Arn anderson And we were all three just picking Arne's brain, asking him, you know, old story, four horsemen stories. And um, a fan comes up to Randy in the bar and asks him to sign an an autograph. And at the time, Randy was young, a little volatile, a little temper issues. Um, But also, he was the world champion. So he had a lot of stress going on. Um, And we all kind of took a deep breath. And Randy says, sure, I'll sign it. Signs it for the guy and hands it back to him. And the guy goes to hand him something else, the sign And Randy goes, Listen, man, I've already signed one thing. Please let me hang out with my friends. Um, please leave me alone. And the guy was drunk and went irate, started yelling at Randy, I pay your bills and blah blah blah. You're too good for us, man. So Randy calmly stands up, he looks over at all the people, yells at security and says, Hey, this guy tried to grab my <laughs> come get him. He's trying to grab my so security rushes over and they grab him and take him out of the bar. And we, we think nothing of it. And about 30 minutes later, guys back again, but he's nice. And he's like, Hey, Randy, can you please sign this? And Randy goes, listen, bro, I told you, man, please leave me alone. And the guy turns instant ass again, just, you know, just yelling, cussing at Randy and Randy, to his credit, stood up and and didn't respond to the guy at all. Got up back on the chair and yelled at security again, saying, this guy just grabbed him up. Like, he got them this time. Like, come and get this guy out of here. And uh, security runs over. They grab him, take him out, tell us that they threw him out of the building. So we don't have to worry about it. Now, what no one knows at the time is Randy had gotten hurt three days before this um, so bad that he hurt his back so bad that he couldn't even bend over to tie his boots for the last three matches of the tour. The trainers had to tie him up, Um, but he was world champion. There wasn't, you know, he had to do the matches. They tried to hide him in six mans to protect him and stuff, but he still had to wrestle. So the, we, we get the last call. It's about three o'clock in the morning, which gives us about two hours between that and the time we got to get on the bus to head to the airport to fly home. And um, we're walking out and Lance is talking to Layla, Uh, you know, Layla, I forgot her last name, but uh, there's Lance and Layla are walking out of the bar. Randy Orton's probably 10 steps behind them. And I'm about 10 steps behind Randy. And as we're walking into the lobby, the guy that was supposed to be thrown out comes from around the front desk and is charging at Randy and he's going to tackle him. And Randy catches him out of the corner of the eye, and he goes murder. And I'm, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm hammered. You know what I mean? I am, I am three sheets to the wind. And I turn around and I see this guy coming, and I just boom, I just smoke, and bam, goes down. And I guess he had a buddy there. He started charging me, but he made the mistake of taking his jacket off, and he got too close. Well, I just wham, just punched him in the face. And before I know it. I'm in this half moon of Irishmen, a part of an Irish wedding reception that was staying at the we- at the hotel and they're all drunk. And they just see me punch two of their buddies. And they're taking their jackets off and I'm going, "Man, this one's this is going to be a rough one." And thankfully, my tag team partner turns around and sees what's going on, turns into an NFL linebacker, full steam. These old boys never seen him coming from behind. He just lowered his head, boom took two of these guys and just knocked them onto their bellies, grabs me, throws me through the hole. And him and I are like in a James Bond movie, running from the (laughs) villains. As we look in behind us, all these Irishmen are coming. We get into the elevator and the doors close and they're running and it goes. So we have, we're like, Oh, thank God. So we get to our rooms and we're just talking about the chain of events. And out of nowhere, our phone rings. Uh And, uh, I answer it, and I, him and I, Lance and I, both look at each other. I'm like uh, our phone shouldn't be ringing. Uh, it's a little late. And answer the phone, and it's Arne, Arne Anderson, and I'm trying to act like you know I'm asleep and like, oh, what's up? What's going on, Arne? Uh, is that Knucklehead Lance Cave with you? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, well, you two need to get your asses down here. You're getting arrested. <laughs> oh no we go downstairs and what we don't know is the first guy that I punched, um, our security, who is supposed to have been watching us the whole time, was talking to a, a young lady and not paying attention, caught the very end of the altercation. And the first guy that I punched was coming up and come up on all four. And this security guard decided to do a running punt right to his face and lifted the guy up and he was out. Well, hotel called the cops, they called ambulances. And so we go downstairs and, you know, we're trying to explain to the cops what's going on. They don't want to listen to it. Um, and this was the bad, the, like the really bad part was the security guard was was black that that was protecting us. So they threw him and they were like, this is the first time I'd ever seen like some like I felt like some racial, racial injustices. They threw him into the paddy wagon immediately. And they stood out there and talked to us for about 20 minutes, took us down to the police station, all three of us. Um, They took him to a cell, closed the cell door, then closed the big door, and then took me and Lance into another room and started offering us coffee and, like, talking to us nicely. And we're like, what's going on with James back there? And they are like, we're taking care of all of this, blah, blah, blah. They're just being real, um, real evasive. And what we didn't know was they ended up taking us back to the hotel, telling us that they were going to be taking James out. He ended up staying four days after we had left. And literally, like, they drove us to the air, the hotel. We had to run. Everybody was getting on the bus headed to the airport. Lance and I had to run up, throw all our clothes in our bags, and run down and just barely made the plane. And we come to find out he had to stay four days afterwards, which was horrible. Like, he should have never. It's just horse <laughs> They shouldn't have never done him like that. And um, Lance and I, you know, we're we're under the impression we're getting fired. Like we just got arrested in a foreign country as a champion, uh, we're getting fired. Like we're going back to the states, and Vince is going to say, "Boy, you can't do that. You're done." Um, it's about halfway through the airplane ride home. Lance and I are. We start getting mad. We're like, "Wait a minute! We were protecting the champ. Like we weren't. We weren't just fighting to be." causing trouble we were protecting the champ you know so we were like all right well they're gonna fire us we're taking the tag belts home they gotta come us they gotta come to us to get them like we were we were gonna do it and um we sat around raw half the day and nobody was talking to us and we were waiting for the hey vince is looking for you come talk to him well it did, wasn't happening and so we got upset about that we're like they're gonna make us wait all day to fire us like what the hell so we tracked down vince and we, you know, we we just Lance and I just laid it out for him. You know, this is what happened. This is why we did what we did. We didn't want Randy to get hurt. He's the world champion, you know. They stay had camera phones then, dude. You know what I mean? And that's all it would take is this guy on top of the WWE World Tag Team champion, and somebody take a picture and it'd be across the, the world, the globe. And uh we tell Vince all of this, and there's Probably it felt like forever, but it was just like a 10-second pause. And he goes, You know what, boys, it's uh it's good for the fans to get their asses kicked every once in a while. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Might have been there, might have been worse. Don't worry about it, boys. I'll uh, take care of the lawyers, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. That night we were overall winning, we <laughs> defended the titles, walked out. <laughs> all right, we're good to go. <laughs> um, we were, you know, didn't think nothing of it. What's funny? Side note: uh, I get released probably a, a year later. Um, Lance gets released three months after I do, and uh, we get a call from uh, from uh, WWE Legal, and you get a call telling us that hey, you need to go to Belfast, Ireland, to take care of, of your problem. We were like, "What problem?" And they're we like, "You guys still got to go to court for that fist fight." And, and I we were like, "What?" and we explained to Johnny, like Vince said he was going to take care of it. And he's like, nope. And I was like, well, I'm just not going to go. Like, when am, when am I ever going to go back to Belfast, Ireland? They're not <laughs> going to come to the States to serve a warrant on me for fist fighting in Ireland. And he goes, but it'll screw your passport up. And I was going back and forth to Japan a lot right after I got let go. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? And he said, I don't know, but take care of it. So uh, well, I got off the phone. Five minutes later, I got a call from Lance. And he's like, do you believe this horse? They're leaving us hanging dry. Um, I said, Lance, you got to call Sean. He's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not calling Sean. I'm not calling Sean. Cause Lance was trained by Sean and Lance felt
0: Sean Shawn Michaels, Rosa a
1: Yes. Sean, Michael, sorry. Um, Lance never wanted to go to Sean and go, can you help me? You know what I mean? Lance always wanted to do things on his own and, and which I respected that. Um, but I didn't get trained by Sean. I <laughs> hell ain't going down for this. So I called up Sean. And I said, Hey man, this is what's going on. I was like, They're I feel like they're really leaving us out to dry. And he goes, Yeah, they are. That's not right. He goes, I if you don't hear from me in 10 minutes, call me back. Or if you don't hear from me or somebody else, don't you know call me back. And it was, but six, seven minutes later, Johnny Ace is calling me, Oh, Trevor, oh, we're we're gonna go ahead and take care of the lawyers and in the flight and hotels over there. And, uh, don't worry about it. I'll have travel call you. And I go, yeah, thank you, Johnny. I, I appreciate your support there brother and, uh, hung up the phone and, and I, I didn't call Sean back. I sent him text. Thank you. You know what I mean? But they were, you know, people talk about <clears throat> going back, man, with situations like that. Like I would never want to put myself in that situation again. But that makes
0: any sense? No, it does. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, you have. It seems like you have a really good relationship with uh, Billy Corgan, but in general, for any promoters, it could be you know, pro wrestling, combat sports. At the end of the day, it's a business, right? And yes. unfortunately, with situations like that, it reminds you that you got to look out for yourself. That's why I never fault a wrestler for trying to get more money, better dates, holding out, whatever, because you don't know. We don't know about the BS that goes on backstage, I and mean, I'm sure you do because you're you're you are a wrestler. You've been there. Uh, but it's like you know, for the for the fans watching and listening, like yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, the fact that you would have to go all the way to Belfast, Ireland, on your dime—they said they take care of it and everything—and a year a year later, that's that's crazy. I mean, thank goodness you had Shawn Michaels who you, who you could call, and he was able to kind of get that taken care of. But yeah, I mean, I would imagine that's one what's of even, probably many situations he dealt with, right?
1: Yeah, man. And what's even funnier is we flew over there and we spoke to the cops for like thirty minutes, and they had CC footage, so every thirty <laughs> seconds the picture changed. So it never even had any footage of us fighting. We spent thirty minutes talking to the cops, and then we went back to the hotel. And that
0: was it. Yeah, that's that, that, that's wild. It's crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, glad glad you guys did end up, you know, getting through it. And you know, shout shout out to Sean Michaels, you know, who, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> who helped you out, and he's he's doing yes, obviously a sure. great job as a, a producer and mentor in NXT uh, these days. What's the best piece of advice you could give for success?
1: It's so generic, but I am the the proof in the pudding of not giving up man you know what i mean there um to be a pro wrestler and say you do this for a living there's there's going to be a lot of times you're down and there's going to be very few times you're up you work for the times that you're up um you've just got to keep pushing and you just got to have some remember that you have value and that's what a lot of wrestlers don't understand. Um, they're they're willing to wrestle and just work, just take whatever opportunity is given to them, which is great, and they and they should at times. But there are times that you need to understand that you have value and that you should be compensated for that value. Because I guarantee you, somebody else is comp- getting compensated for your value.
0: Well said. Why should fans watch Always Ready? Uh, they
1: we'll see grown ass men and women beat the shit out of each other. Um, and who doesn't want to watch that? Who doesn't enjoy that? You know what I mean? Um, that's the one great thing about NWA, man, is you've got so many men and women that go out there and lay the wood to each other and put it all on the line. And uh, we do it old school. And that's, that's a, uh, who's the, who's the toughest at the end of the day. And at Always Ready, I think you're going to see a lot of badass people step up to the plate.
0: Awesome. Bonus question. Is there anything you wish I asked you in this interview?
1: Oh, man. Wish it asked me. Um, yeah, man. How do I get the physique of a champion, Trevor? Like, that's all. Like, you didn't ask me my workout, my workout plan. You'd ask me about my diet. I really am slightly offended about that.
0: I'm really sorry, but you know, I, I grew up on some old school wrestling. I like to keep kayfabe. I mean, I don't want you to give all your secrets away, right?
1: <laughs> that's right, brother. That's right.
0: <laughs> oh man. There, there you go. And actually, you know, I, I will ask you one more question because you mentioned off the air, you're also a business owner. So being an entrepreneur, being a a longtime wrestler, doing both kind of full-time being a family man. I mean, that's a lot of work. How the hell do you balance everything?
1: Man, it's just one week at a time, brother. Like I've, you know, I'm, um, I'm in a really great spot in my life where I have zero free time and I I I don't know how I'm doing it. I take one day at a time, just like this podcast. I, I literally broke you in for like 45 minutes as soon as we get done. I've got two houses I gotta get working. I want to get finished up within the next couple of days. It's um, I'm happy, man. And that's that's the good thing, dude, is I am probably happier now than I ever have been and I'm busier than I ever was.
0: It's great to hear, man. Great to hear. Well, Trevor, it was an absolute pleasure learning about your journey, hearing uh, about your conquests in the NWA. Of course, we're looking forward to always ready on fight. You also check out, of course, NWA on YouTube and online. Trevor, where can we find you online, and where can we find you next after Always Ready? At
1: Twitter and, and Instagram, I'm at the Realty Murdoch, and of course on Facebook, I got a blue check mark. Facebook made me earn that. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> And uh, you guys can catch me actually, you know, June is it June 13th and June 14th. We're going to be in uh, Nashville, Tennessee at Sky Studios uh, taping the next set of NWA TV tapings. So if you guys are in the area anybody wants to go, make sure you guys check that out.